Hello and welcome to another episode of The Riff. Uh, my name is Cameron and I am a commercial lawyer and an estate lawyer from Adams and Partners Lawyers. And as always, I'm joined with Lauren, our criminal lawyer. Lauren, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Great to see you again. Great to have you back. Uh, so, this week, we're talking about something that comes up quite a bit. Yes, we are. It's very, very common. For a person to win a court case, a civil court case we're talking about today. Exactly. And if you win a civil court case, usually you receive what we call damages, which is a sum of money, which could include the amount that you are claiming from the defendant, uh, interest, and potentially legal costs. Yes. Depending on what jurisdiction you're in. Yes. Once you win a court case, many people think that the matter's over. That's it. They think that on the day you just get the fruits of your litigation. That's right. And you just will receive the money. Uh, however, we don't live in a perfect world. No, it's and not as simple as that. No, it's not as simple as that. And sometimes we have to go out there and enforce judgments. Correct. What we're going to touch on today is the various forms of enforcing a judgment and what we would usually recommend to our clients um, if they came and had a chat to us about these types of issues. And what we would do on their behalf. Some That's people right. might remember from the Civil Litigation Podcast, the... Missing Money. Missing Money Podcast, um, how there is a process in getting money off of people who owe you money and what the process is in suing someone. Um, so for those who may remember that, once that judgment is there, what we do with it once you've gotten it. So once the court has said this person owes you the money, how do you actually get it? That's right. First thing to determine is what a judgment debt is. So, Lauren, a judgment debt is an order from a court or a tribunal which essentially says that the judgment debtor, whether it be a company or an individual, has to pay the judgment creditor a sum of money. Yes. Now, so, I think in the last example from the Missing Money podcast, you owe, you owed me money. I think I did. So say, for instance, I owed you $10,000. That's that's what I understand it is, yes. You got a court order in your favor. I did. I have 28 days to give you that $10,000. Otherwise, we can, I can come after you. You can come after me. So what we didn't touch on last time is there's actually the ability for the judgment debtor, so myself in this situation to apply to the court to pay by installments. So a pay by installments, it's an application you make to the court which says that I don't have the funds now, but I'm willing to pay the funds off over a period up to a max of two years. Yep. Now, the court can accept this or reject this, and the judgment creditor does, doesn't have a say. That's it. That's so it. the usual advice to our clients we give is if you want to receive your money sooner if possible we need to go down the path of enforcing the judgment asap so that the judgment debtor doesn't apply to the court to pay by installments that's it the early bird gets the worm in in this and the early applicant gets the debt that's right so say for instance 28 days has passed lauren i haven't paid you your money i haven't gone to the court to pay by an installment order i just have forgotten about it what are the avenues of enforcement 
that we can or that you can take against me so there's a number of options in terms of how i can actually pursue you for that debt um one of the options is what's called an examination um so i can make an application to the court that you are to attend the court with all the details of your assets liabilities income super everything so you're to give me information about what you have so i can then have a look at how i can then pursue the money and normally as well it's a way for the person who owes the money to attend the court and actually have a conversation about how they're going to pay that money and also just on that point with examination the first step of it is that the documents are sent to me so you send me the documents and in the event that i don't fill them in and send them back to you we have to attend court that's it and there is the ability that say you don't show up to court on that date then an arrest warrant can be issued that's correct so that you're brought to court for the purposes of telling me about and that's the key thing that you need to take out of this here listeners if somebody doesn't attend an examination the warrant that the court can issue is only in relation to that person providing their finances. That's it. Doesn't mean they have to pay the debt. That's it. It's not an immediate situation of once you're arrested, that money has to be paid before you're released from custody or something like that. It's a matter of bringing you to the court or bringing you to showing your information. So it's forcing you to do that. Correct. So say from the examination that you've conducted of me, you've found I've got... $5,000 in the bank, I own a car, I don't own property, uh, and I've got debts of two grand, okay? So you've got some things. Some things that I could use to be able to repay my debt to you that you've got from the court. So there's a number of avenues that we can go down. Uh, And the first one, which many people may know about, is what we call a writ for the levy of property. That's it. So I can make an application to the court that sheriffs attend upon your property to take items to the value of the debt. So So that could cover things such as TVs, computers, cars, jewellery, etc. Exactly. So it's a matter of getting the amount of money, but in the value of a property. That's right. Now, whilst writ for the levies of property sound great, In principle, in practice, they're a bit harder to do. Uh, And one of the biggest implications that we have at the moment is that the sheriff won't attend anybody's property due to the coronavirus. Yes, yes. And it's very understandable in terms of safety to um, not have sheriffs running out and running into different properties, and especially if a sheriff is showing symptoms or something like that. That's right. So the key thing to take out of here at the moment is at this stage in June 2020, the best option probably is not getting a writ for the levy of property. However, there is another option that say when I conducted the examination, I saw a bank statement and saw that you get a salary from your job Yep. and you get your, your employer pays you a couple of hundred bucks a week. Yep. Whatever it may be. Um, there is what's called a garnishee um, and it's where effectively your wages are garnished until the debt is paid. Yep. And there's two forms of garnishee. So there's that garnishee order where your wages are deducted and what the court does is you've got to reach a certain threshold yep. to be able to garnishee someone's wages. So they still need to be, you know, getting in enough money to live on. Yep. I think off the top of my head at the moment it's about 
seven to eight hundred dollars a week, mm-hmm. uh, and and then anything over that you have the ability to take and is automatically transferred to you by the employer to pay back your debt until it's paid off in full. That's it. The other avenue is that if I've seen your bank statements and Mm. I see that you've got $2,000 in a savings account and I have the details of that savings account, I can simply garnish the bank. That's right. We can go to the bank and the bank must comply with the order and transfer those funds to my funds to you. Sorry. Yes. So... Garnishy orders are usually the best way to go about enforcing a debt, but the key thing about garnishy some garnishing sorry somebody's bank account is that you need to know their exact BSB and account number. If That's you don't, the the bank won't conduct a phishing expedition. They will only go off if you give them the exact details. So this is another one which sounds great, but in practice, unless you have those details, it's very hard to do. Exactly. And people tend to have a misconception that you can simply just go into the bank and say, I need John Smith's money. It's That's not right. how it works. No, no, not how it works at all. So in the event none of those avenues were successful, you would usually have the ability to bankrupt me. Or if I was a company, you could issue what we call a statutory demand and try and wind wind up the company that I run. Yes. However, due to everything that's going on at the moment with there's been coronavirus, there's been some big changes uh, which don't have an expiry date at this stage, although we do think that they'll expire before the end of the year. Now, usually if you were trying to bankrupt me, Lauren, you would issue what's called a bankruptcy notice, Yes. which is a federal court form. And that would say, I have 21 days to pay you back the $10,000. Now, you would have the ability to issue that bankruptcy notice because the amount that I owed you was over the threshold, which was $5,000. Yes, and I, you owed me ten. That's right. As of ma- uh, March sorry, 2020, that limit has been increased from five to 20000 So now I wouldn't be able to bankrupt you. No, you wouldn't be able to bankrupt me. But even in the event that my f- the monetary figure I owed you was over $20,000, instead of having 21 days to pay you before you could start bankruptcy proceedings, you would have six months. So I have six months to comply with that bankruptcy notice. So it's quite a lengthy period. Tricky process. That's right. Uh, but it's also... it's. Whilst we understand people are going through financial hardship, the court's trying to help out with that. But in the event you're trying to gather funds from someone, it makes it very, very tricky. It does. And it's it's one of those catch-22s in this situation that the legislature, so the parliament is trying to assist people that are going through difficult times with COVID. It's also difficult if people are owed money and they need that money Mm. because of the difficult times of COVID. Also too, it it makes it a bit hard for people that are not paying their bills, not due to COVID whatsoever. (laughs) So so it's kind of a catch-all provision at the moment, which is affecting some people that are legitimately trying to, you know, pursue debts. Uh, but unfortunately, that's the situation we're in and we can't do anything to help with that. Now, one thing to touch on here as well to remember is that a, the judgment that you have against me, Lauren, is valid for 12 years. So even after the COVID passes... You can take action against me. That's it. However, with bankruptcy proceedings, you only have six years that you can start... You can issue a bankruptcy notice from the judgment debt date. So... If you're learning anything from this podcast is 
get some legal advice as to how what the best way to enforce your debt is because at its current stage it's very very tricky it's very detailed and you want to make sure that you're not missing out on your ability to regather your money that's it and you don't want to you know have all of this time pass and then find out that there's been changes or it's all difficult and you've missed your window the the number one piece of advice i can give to our listeners here lauren is that the longer you leave a judgment debt the harder it is to get the money from the, the person. person that's it so you want to People be swift banks. take quick action against them because it makes your life easier and we don't want the enforcing of the judgment to be harder than getting the judgment originally was. Yeah, exactly. So once you've gone through all the process of actually getting the judgment, why not have the fruits of your litigation? 100%. So that really wraps up in a little bow what enforcement of judgments is. Um, it's very complex. I've kind of just you know glossed over it today. Like like every podcast like we every do, podcast, it's just general discussion general, about general the knowledge. facts. But if you'd like some further information about it, feel free to contact us. How would you contact us, Lauren? You can send an email to info at Adam Sawyer's. Yep. You can contact our office directly. Yep. You can go to our website at adamslawyers.com. You can contact... .au. .au. You can contact us on Facebook. Um, just search Adam's Partners Lawyers. And now we also have an Instagram page, That's I believe. That's right. Send us a DM. You know, we're very modern now. So. Slide into the DMs. <laughs> yeah. And we're Adam's Lawyers on Instagram. And if anybody has any suggestions or things that they would like to hear us talk about on the podcast, please let us know. We always love to hear feedback. If you have any questions, queries, thoughts or comments, please get in contact with us. That's right. And other than that, uh, I think we're done with civil litigation for today, Lauren. Well, for now. For now, for now. But we'll be back to help everybody out there, you know, recover their their debts in the future. Uh, But that's it from me today, Lauren. That's it from me as well. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. No worries. Have a great weekend, everyone. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.